It is Wednesday, January 6th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Fields Auto Group. And now, a guy who just declared for the draft, or stout, ale, IPA, Pilsner, J.P. Shatrick. All of the above, welcome in. Jaguars happy hour on this Wednesday, presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks coming up. We have a busy, busy, busy show. There's a lot going on around Jaguars land this week. We'll uh, hear from Bucky coming up in a moment. Shad Khan setting the course for the weeks ahead. We'll take a look at some of the comments from the Jaguars owner earlier this week. General manager candidates, that list continues to build, as does the head coaching candidate list as well. Franchise quarterback mentioned by Mr. Khan a handful of times in his comments Monday. And one of those potential draftees has declared for the NFL draft. We'll get into that. And yes, social questions. We uh, put out the bat signal earlier today, and we've got some submissions that we will get to. Uh, John Ozier out today. He'll be back with us uh, in the near future. And Bucky Brooks is with us today in Los Angeles. And a lot going on around the Jaguars this week, Bucky. Uh, GM search continues. The head coaching list grows. Shotgun spoke. The quarterbacks come out of Clemson. Here we go. We're off and running. We are off and running. It's 2021, and the Jaguars can be excited about what the future should bring about. And so it starts with hiring a general manager and a head coach and then beginning to attack the draft and free agency and all those things. And so even though 2020, the season was horrible, I think there are plenty of reasons to be optimistic about the future. Oh, and by the way, uh, Tony Baselli named a Hall of Fame finalist this week. Absolutely. That, that was terrific. Teammate Tony Baselli is one of the final 15. We'll see if he's able to get in. January 19th is the date the selectors will meet, not the day before the Super Bowl. They'll do it virtually this year. Normally, that would be a headline, the top story. Oh, Baselli's a finalist with all this happening. It's not, but congratulations to Tony, certainly. Our uh, colleague here on Jaguars Happy Hour on Mondays and Thursdays, and, uh, of course, Jaguars radio analyst. Let's get to it. Let's start off, Bucky, with the comments of Shad Khan this week. We'll break down a few different points today from the Jaguars owner and you know he relieved Doug Marone of his duties about nine o'clock on Monday morning on Black Monday and then 10 30 or so met the media to discuss the football matters moving ahead first off he talked about what he's looking for in head coach and GM candidates and you'll see it on your screen here the full uh, comment uh, and the one the part of this Bucky that I take out the most is a proven leader who understands not only the basics of football, the blocking and tackling, but more importantly, modern football, the new football, but handling the 21st century athlete at the same time. We know what happened around here the last couple of years where mm -hmm. some of the 21st century athletes that were here didn't want to be here anymore. That whole mindset has to change, and Mr. Khan, I think, uh, really kind of set the tone for what he's looking for, and that's a big piece of it, relating to this type of player in, in this world frame right now. Yeah, look, the, the, the head coaching job is so much more than just calling plays and being a guy who has an expertise when it comes to X's and O's. It is a communication deal. It's a job that you have to build relationships. You have to convince uh, 53 people to get 
moving in the right direction. And so it's really important that when you are looking and examining and determining which head coaching candidate is the right one, is that he is able to check off a bunch of boxes. He's a leader. He's organized. He's able to really articulate a clear plan for how this team is going to play and the players that he wants on the team. He's able to challenge players while also encouraging them and getting them to believe into the culture of the program. And then it's about his ability to solve problems that come along each and every season because it's inevitable. You have to get through some things to be able to advance. And so I believe Shotgun is better equipped to get the head coach right this time because he's gone through it, he's seen it, he's been able to observe it, and he understands the way that the football world has changed as it relates to the athlete. This will be the fourth head coach under his ownership coming up. That's since 2012. That uh, is quite a bit of change, of course. Mike Malarkey had one year in 2012. Gus Bradley had a handful of years. Doug Marone just finished his fourth year plus. So uh, plenty of changes there, and and three different ways to really go about it. Three different personalities of head coaches in those three, Bucky. Yeah, three different personalities, and you know um, they come in different sizes and shapes and mm-hmm. leadership styles and those things. But I I feel like what Shaw wants to do is do a reset on the entire franchise yeah. and make sure that we have a very positive um, and encouraging franchise, one that really represents the franchise in the city well. And then I think when it comes to the head coach, I think he wants to kind of have that buzz of that energy. Like we see it sometimes when we watch other teams, we see the energy that they have. And I think the main thing is, what is our culture? Who are we? What are the Jaguars about? And is that, I guess, what we are about? Does it reflect the city? And it's one of those things where it's a big job. It's a job that I think the coach needs to be mature. He needs to have a proven plan, a plan that maybe we've already seen play out once before. So we don't have to kind of go through some of these growing pains that we've seen others endure while they're trying to build up their franchises. It's very rare when you have a true blank slate as an NFL organization. And that's exactly what this is for Shad Khan, new GM, new head coach, uh, number one overall pick. There's not a franchise quarterback uh, in place. And you can really it is as blank of a slate as you can find in the National Football League. That doesn't really happen too often. No, it doesn't happen. But here's what we'll see as we look at the playoffs, because I think there's a lot to be gleaned from the teams that are in the postseason. Yeah. We obviously want to be in the postseason. We want to be a team that is consistently in the tournament. And so if you look at the teams that are there, it's not a coincidence that you see A-level coaches with A-level quarterbacks. And so Shad has an opportunity to get a five-star coach, with a five-star quarterback and build the team around those two people. And so this is a great opportunity for the Jaguars to really bounce back, kind of reinvent themselves and become a team that is perennially in the postseason and talked about as one of the best teams in the league. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. And now another comment from Jaguars owner Shad Khan about the time frame of these hires and the flow chart. And this is quite interesting. It's what has been uh, happening the last year or so around here where the GM and the head coach would report to Shad Khan equally and separately. Uh, And you see on your screen there some of the reasoning behind that from the Jaguars owner. Uh, You have the transparency and the needs and concerns of both parties without getting filtered or a chain of command. And basically, he said a little later, when it comes to the decision maker and uh, of the hiring process and all that, well, you're looking at him. And, and Shotgun was the only one on the screen. So 
Um, what do you think of this setup in the flow chart of things here? How many other organizations do it like this? Well, I mean, I think you want to do it like that. When you're the owner, everything needs to run past you, particularly the big decisions. And so um, I think what Shad is doing is he's making sure that he is very, very involved in the product and what the product looks like going forward. And so we talk about culture and we'll hear culture talked about a number of times as we continue to go through this process with coaches and general managers. But what Shad wants to do is he wants to impress upon the general manager and the head coach what the expectations are when it comes to who the Jaguars are and what they represent. Now, as a general manager and a coach, you have the freedom to kind of do that within your own style. But there's a certain few, there are a few traits that this team must exhibit when I watch them play out. And he wants to be um, intimately involved in that. And he should as the owner of a billion dollar team. Now, Bucky, you know, a lot of folks, when Mr. Khan was talking on Monday, reacted when he said, yeah, I'm, I, I'm involved. I want to be, it, it, there was a the commentary earlier in his, in his comments about his involvement in the process, in the football process. And a lot of people took that as, oh my goodness, he's Jerry Jones. He's going to run everything. He's uh, picking guys and all that. And a little later in that video conference, he uh, explained a little more in depth about his role here. It's more of an overseer. If big moves are to happen, he's to be involved and, and have a final say in things. And that might have, for lack of a better term, not slipped past the goalie in years past, maybe some of the smaller deals, contracts. Mm -hmm. Well, the buck is going to stop with Shad Khan no matter what now. it's not. This is not a Jerry Jones situation, though, where, where Mr. Jones is all over everything. No, I don't think it's that. But I would say, um, based on my experiences in dealing with it in Carolina, when I was with the Carolina Panthers, Mr. Richardson was very involved. Um, it had to run past Mr. Richardson when it was a big decision, whether it's a big free agent signing or the top draft picks and who we're bringing in. Like you had to run it past him because there's certain things and standards that the owner wanted from the players that really occupied those prominent roles as a marquee free agent or the face of the franchise. Whatever. And so I think what Shad is doing is after being in the league for a number of years, I think he has a better understanding of the league, of running a team. And he wants to make sure that he puts his fingerprints on this franchise, the way this team plays and the way they represent the community, because it's been a long time since the Jaguars have been consistent winners. He wants to get back to that. Well, the, the one of the quickest ways to become a consistent winner is to find a franchise quarterback. And Mr. Khan, numerous times in his comments, made that point on Monday. And, you know, that obviously shows that uh, he knows exactly the, the route that he wants to go early in this draft. And, you know, it wasn't just a one-time, oh, we need a franchise quarterback. He explained for eight years this franchise has not had one. The last eight years, you see at the bottom of your screen there, it's very, very important earlier in his comments um you know what's evaded the jaguars has been a franchise quarterback and they have the ability now to make that choice and it's going to define the franchise moving forward if there was any <laughs> if there was any um, doubt what the jaguars are doing at number one first off you haven't been listening second uh, that should be gone now after these comments yeah, no, I think I think it's, it's, it's readily apparent. I talked about it earlier. There's not a coincidence that the teams that are in the playoffs yep. have franchise quarterbacks. Every team, with the exception of maybe the Chicago Bears, has someone that you really feel great about being your franchise quarterback. And so it is important that 
you get the right head coach, you pair him with the right quarterback, your chances of entering the tournament each and every year, they go up. Now, you have to build around them. you got to put the defense and the weapons around them on offense to make it work. But it is a lot easier when you know that you have uh, an elite coach and you surround them or pair them with an elite quarterback. And I think in this draft, there's someone that is at the top of the draft that certainly has the ability to be an elite quarterback in this league for a long time. That is a professional segue into our next uh, thought about quarterbacks and one in particular that has declared for the NFL draft this morning. Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson University is leaving. He's going to the NFL draft in a really well-crafted video this morning, by the way, on social Mm -hmm. media. You see his numbers in his college career, 67% passer over 10,000 yards in three seasons. That's pretty decent touchdown-to-interception ratio as well, 90 touchdowns, 17 picks. And he scored 18 touchdowns on the ground, a Heisman Trophy runner-up this year. He has been the uh, pretty much consensus number one pick for the last couple years in NFL talking circles. Well, now we're just a few months away, it seems, Bucky, from that becoming reality. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a perfect guy to usher in a new era of Jaguars football. And we can talk about the talent because he is everything. I mean, he is a five-star playmaker. He has a big-time arm. He's athletic. He can make every throw that you want to see, and he still can play in a new school style. And then he is the what I would call the epitome of a leader. He is a guy who rallies his teammates together. We saw the initiative and and the leadership ability that he displayed this spring when it came to trying to get his team back to playing and handling some of the things that were going on around the country. He stepped up and he did that. And so when I think about the face of the franchise and what you want to entrust uh, that to in terms of your franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence embodies all of those things. Very mature. Football is important. He loves it. And he loves the game as much as the head coach and everybody around him loves the game. And so, I mean, you talk about hitching your wagon to someone who really can bring the Jaguars back to prominence. Trevor Lawrence is is the right quarterback to go after. But, Bucky, but the All-State Sugar Bowl the other night, this past Friday, you know, that's uh, the argument. A lot of people said, oh, Fields might have gotten closer to him. And you had said this a few weeks back, that Fields was closer to Lawrence than a lot of people were giving him credits for. And mm-hmm. we saw in that game in New Orleans on Friday night what Justin Fields can do. Not only the numbers, which are fantastic, obviously. Look at him right here. Six touchdown passes, my goodness. But the way they came, the way he played that game, after taking the shot in the ribs and fighting through it, getting back, I'm sure he was shot up with something. But either way, he's back in the game fighting through for his team. Um, did he did he close the gap for you? or Is the jury out, or is it just too far gone that Trevor's the guy? No, no, I think these guys have always been really, really close, right? And, and I think that if you go back and track their history from the time they were in high school all the way up, uh, they've always been number one and number two, and it's always been it's been flip-flops. Sometimes Fields has been one, sometimes Lawrence has been one. I think the difference is in this situation in Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence has played three years. When you look at the amount of throws, Trevor Lawrence has maybe 1,100 throws compared to Justin Fields, 550, 580. Yeah. So he's had double the amount of starts, double the amount of, reps when it comes to throwing the ball in game action and i just think in jacksonville trevor works i just think the maturity and exactly what shotgun had outlined in terms of a franchise quarterback there are no questions or reservations about trevor lawrence and i'm not saying that there are questions about justin fields 
I just believe right now Trevor Lawrence is a brand name, something that you can kind of trust because we've seen him perform on the big stage. He's done it for a long time. He exhibits all the qualities that you want. I I don't believe you want to overthink this. I think Trevor Lawrence is the pick for the Jags. The question is, does Justin Fields go right after him to the Jets at two? Because I think he is certainly worthy of being the next guy off the board. All right. The conversation is off and running, and it is only going to build up as we move along, I'm sure. Uh, When we come back, though, we'll start the conversation about the GM candidates that have been reported. We've talked about this on the show in the past. Some of those guys that have been listed We'll add to that list a little later. Head coaching talk, including a a certain former Ohio State and Florida head coach that has been uh, rumored around the Jaguars as well. We'll take your social questions as well coming up. And we're off and running. It's a Wednesday edition of Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience. So members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group, Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine. Glad you're along with us today. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier out today. Bucky, we're we're streaming all over the place. You were on uh, Jags Twitter. We're on uh, Jags Facebook. We're on Jaguars YouTube. And I was told during the break we got a comment, I think, on the YouTube page that the Jags should draft Zach Wilson, number one, out of BYU. I mean, Zach Wilson is a good player, but I would put Zach Wilson in the same category as Trevor Lawrence. And I think this is a unique year where we have a a bunch of really good quarterbacks that should be able to pop right away. But Trevor Lawrence is different Um, compared to Zach Wilson. Trevor Lawrence has been forced to play on a big stage his entire time, his entire career. He has been up under the scope and he has thrived under that intense scrutiny. I think for Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson kind of flew under the radar and kind of this year was the year that he emerged. Really good player, terrific arm talent, 
has the athleticism that you like, but I think it's a little bit of a difference between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. That's why I would take Trevor Lawrence. They'd have to check his learner's permit at the combine to make sure he's eligible to. <laughs> right? I mean, he's, he's, he looks like a really young guy. Yeah, he, he looks young. He has a boyish face, but he, he's a talented prospect. And I think sure, yeah. we could see three quarterbacks go bang, bang, bang at the top of the draft. But the first one to go should be number 16 for Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. because I think he. He is a difference maker. He is someone that has the ability to reverse the fortunes of the franchise, not completely by himself, but with his talent and his presence, he certainly can help this franchise go a long ways toward back to respectability and beyond. All right, Bucky, let's get into the general manager candidate list. There have not been a lot of changes since we last went through the list. We've uh, discussed Balky, uh, Jerry Reese, Lewis Riddick, and Rick Smith. But the two additions since then, at least via reports, Ray Farmer, former Browns GM, and Terry Fontenot from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, let's start with Farmer. What's his story? Okay, so Farmer, Ray and I go all the way back to uh, college. He played at Duke, spent three or four years in the National Football League, has really worked his way up the ladder, had an opportunity to be the general manager for the Browns. It was brief. But what I will say is he is an outstanding football mind, and he also gets what I call the new age way of scouting, so a mix of analytics and being able to bring all of that stuff in when it comes to that while retaining the ability or the desire to want to play old school physical football. And so second time around, given a full opportunity to do it, I certainly think that he can succeed. And I think he understands what it takes to build a successful franchise because he's been around the right influencers who should enable him to kind of form that that, that football vision for how you want this franchise to play out and be successful in the uh, AFC South. I've seen a lot of people, though, pointing to his draft record in Cleveland and uh, some of the players that he selected while he was in charge there. And, you know, what do you make of all that? Is that overblown somewhat? No, I mean, I think that's a part of your record. I think that's a part of your history. Sometimes um, those things don't go. And I think it's important to kind of frame the context of the draft. Like, we're lucky if we hit on – 50% 50% of the guys that we take in the draft, particularly in the first round, and then it goes down by about 10% with each subsequent round. And so with Ray, like, yeah, you have to look at some of these guys and look at some of those that were drafted and then also understand how much did ownership play, particularly in those first first round, those first picks. Did Ray actually get a chance to pull the trigger or was that an ownership decision? And so, yeah, it's on his record. It has to be discussed. But I think sometimes guys can learn a lot from the mistakes that they make when it comes to selecting players. Wasn't that the story that the Browns owner was told on the way in that day, hey, you need to draft uh, Johnny Manziel by somebody on the street, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yes. The, the yeah, that, that, that has something to do with it. Like, you, you, you talk about it, and it didn't go well. And I think oh. he was drafted over the objections of some others that were in the building, the coach, the general manager, the scouting staff, and sometimes – you know, if ownership wants something to happen, then you have to go with that and try and support the player the best that you can. Yeah, but Ray, it has to be talked about. But there are a lot of guys who will come in and interview who have had some issues and some failures when it comes to free agent signings and draft picks. And well, if you haven't, you, have you haven't that. been an executive. Everybody has failure. I mean, that's everybody. How it works. There's, there's there's no perfect way to do it. I think the bigger thing is, can the candidate? clearly articulate the vision for the team and what he wants to build. Can he give you a plan for how to build this team up? Is he someone who can work with a coach to kind of create a cooperation that enables 
two people to kind of build this thing together and move forward. And so it is one of those things that sometimes you know so much more the second time around than the first time around. Yeah. I think Ray would be better equipped to handle the responsibilities this time around. All right. And the other name, Terry Fontenot has been with the Saints for 16 years in a number of different capacities. The uh, most recently is director of pro scouting. So he's a saint through and through. This would be his first shot at the big chair. Yeah, it would be his first shot at the big chair. But I would say if you looked at how the Saints have played the last 10 or so years, particularly once Drew Brees came on, they've been a consistent team, a team that is always in the mix. And if you look at the most recent version of the Saints, They've nailed it in the draft. And even though he was on the pro side, he has worked hand-in-hand with Jeff Ireland, who is one of the best in the business when it comes to selecting players. And so I think he understands what it looks like, what it should feel like in building a championship team. And then it's about surrounding himself with enough football minds that enable him to take that plan that he creates and put it into action. Okay, Bucky, the uh, GM talk is done for now. Those are the two latest editions, and we'll see if any more names pop up in the coming days, but that is a uh, pretty sizable list so far. We'll come back. Speaking of sizable lists, the head coaching candidates. Boy, that has blown up in the last week or so. We'll get to those when we come back. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And Adeco. Visit adecousa.com. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You won't find a better deal to keep your ride clean than Scrubble's Flexible Service Car Wash. Start in the tunnel wash and experience state-of-the-art equipment while enjoying a soapy light show. Our quality soaps and solutions keep your vehicle streak-free. Every three-minute car wash package comes with self-serve vacuuming, lint-free towels, window cleaner, and a free air freshener. Visit us at the St. John's Town Center, Fleming Island, and Atlantic Beach. And coming soon to Kernan in Atlantic. Trust the bow tie. You'll know quality once you arrive. Go Jags! Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick with NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks in Los Angeles. I'm not in Los Angeles. I'm in, I'm on the other <laughs> coast. Uh, we're, we're coast to coast on Jaguars Happy Hour. Glad you're along with us today. Uh, there's a lot of noise around, of course, the Jaguars head coaching gig that opened on Monday and Jaguars owner Shad Khan I was asked about the Urban Meyer rumors on Monday and said, you know, I've known Urban for a long time around the Big Ten. Mr. Khan's a big supporter at Illinois, of course. 
and um, you know, the, he said he had not talked to anyone about the job because there was not a job yet. Doug Marone was still the head coach, and as you see on your screen here, these are the reported names that have interviewed or are slated to interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's start with Urban. That's the biggest name, at least in the last few days, around this Jaguars organization and the opening at head coach. And, you know, it's the flashiest of the names, Bucky, I'll say that. It would be a huge jump to go to the NFL, but as we've talked about before, he has built programs in a number of different places at so many different levels of college football and has done it time and time again. Can that translate as a program builder in the NFL? Yeah, it can translate as a program builder because you've done it before. You understand what it's like to take teams that are down and kind of revitalize them. He did it at Bowling Green. He turned around Utah. He turned around Florida. And then he took Ohio State to a national title. So he has a proven formula that works. Now, I will say this. The pro game is completely different than the college game. But players are players. And it's a people business. And can you enlighten, motivate, and inspire those guys to, to, to get them to play for the team and to play at a higher level. He's proven to be able to do that. That said, there's some things that need to come along with Urban for this to be able to work. He has to be able to identify an experienced personnel man that can help him uh, with the draft and free agency and identifying the right players to play the way that he wants to play. He has to re build relationships with coaches. They have the right coaches that understand the pro game in relation to because it's different than college. And yes. so you have to make sure that he has those things. And then the final thing, and maybe the most important thing is how long is he committed to the process? How long is he willing to endure maybe some of the rough patches that you have to endure to get to the other side? He has been one to kind of do it quickly, then get out. If I'm Shah Khan, I need assurances that he is going to be here for a while because you don't want to be right back in this search two, three years down the line because Urban Meyer decides mm, two or three in, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on to something else. Right. Yeah, that's, um, that, that's what the interview process is for. And there are reports uh, out there that maybe he'll report or uh, interview later in the week. I didn't see the exact day, though, but uh, apparently that process is starting. We've seen numbers thrown out there and then disputed. Yeah, 12 million. 12 yeah, million well, that was disputed it. by your guy. Rappaport was like, oh, it's not that number. So I, who knows? Yeah, but, but the number has to be high because if, if, if I'm Urban Meyer just looking at it, Matt Rule commanded maybe $9 million from the Carolina Panthers annually. Matt Rule doesn't have any rings or shiny things or any hardware in his office. And so if I'm Urban Meyer, I can't go in for less than that. And then you factor in a year and inflation and then cost of living. Hey, right there, JP, we're at 11 to $12 million. That's and so that's how you end up getting to that number. It's not like he has many flashy things from college either, Rule. You know, I mean, it's not like <laughs> – I know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Baylor and Temple, He doesn't right? have anything. So I can, I can imagine that Urban's representatives would look at that and say, I mean, that's a nice starting point, but we have so much more on the resume that we command a little more. All right, a few other uh, of these other names that have popped up in the last few days. Eric Bieniemy uh, apparently reportedly interviewed today with not only the Jaguars but the Jets and – I think he's on most every team's radar that has an opening this year. And the enemy's been a hot name for the last couple of years, obviously, with the Chiefs' success on the offensive side of the football. And it seems like he's going to get a shot somewhere this year. Why should it be here for the enemy? 
Well, I mean, one, I think he's very, very intrigued by the job. Two, when I think about Eric Bieniemy, he's a leader. He's a natural leader. He's a guy that really commands the room. He does a really good job in terms of getting guys to play at a, at a, at a very high level. If you look at the track record of the guys that have been under his direction, they have all played really well, going all the way back to Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles in Kansas City, yeah. the running backs that they've been able to throw in there and have success. And, yes, he is the offensive coordinator, and we can talk about Andy Reid calling the plays, but Eric Bieniemy deals with the quarterback. We've seen Pat Mahomes play at a high level. And so I think he is the right mix in terms of being able to challenge players, but bring out that confidence and that excellence in them. And I think he also understands how to build the entire team because he has success going all the way back to college in Colorado under Bill McCartney, won a national title. So he understands what a championship team looks like. Let's hit a couple other of these guys while we're here today with you, Bucky. And, you know, we know Robert Sala well around here. He was on the defensive coaching staff here a few years, now the 49ers defensive coordinator. And he was in the interview rounds last year, the interview for the Browns for sure, and probably a couple other teams if I can't remember exactly Mm -hmm. who they are. Uh, So he's back in that uh, process again this year. It feels like he's going to get a gig at least somewhere. Arthur Smith is on every single team that has an opening. He's getting an interview. I, I don't, you know, maybe the enemy will be on every list, but uh, yeah, to Arthur, be on every single yeah, Arthur, list is fairly rare too. Yeah, Arthur Smith is a good one, and 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 here here's why. One, he's he's a Tar Heel, so I always have to support okay, and endorse okay, him. But I would say this: okay. his story is really unique. His dad, Fred Smith, is obviously the founder and owner of FedEx, but Arthur has never utilized that to kind of make his mark in football. He has been a guy that has worked on both sides of the ball. He was Greg Williams, the former defense coordinator for the Jaguars. He was his defensive quality control guy in Washington, followed him to Tennessee, moved over to offense, went from tight ends coach to offensive coordinator. And you look at how this Tennessee Titans offense has rolled. Ryan Tannehill has played at a Pro Bowl level after struggling during his time in Miami. Derrick Henry has become a monster that we talk about having a 2,000-yard season. And being a head coach isn't necessarily about how they call play previously, but I think his resume would suggest that he has a level of adaptability and experience in terms of finding ways to put guys in positions to succeed. And a lot of what you're doing as a head coach on both sides of the ball is can I put my guys in the best position to succeed and lead them into this game and find a way to win it? And I think Arthur has shown that he can do it, particularly based on what he's done on offense. Mr. Khan said this week that there's not really a timetable. They'll just do their due diligence on all these interviews, and whenever they happen, they'll happen pretty quick in uh, together. So either the head coach first and the GM or the GM coach within a day or two. And so they're kind of tied together yeah, coming in. The only, the only thing about that approach, especially when it comes to the head coach, the longer that you wait on the head coach, the harder it is to assemble an A-level staff. The first team to get in, they have all the opportunity to get all the available coordinators and position coaches. As you continue to wait, I'm not saying you're picking the bottom of the barrel but you're certainly not getting all of the available talent that is available in the coaching ranks. So if you can find your guy earlier, it gives you an advantage to build the best staff that you can build. Then you're going, if, if you're later, then you're going to plan B, plan C. And of course you would never say that publicly, but uh, that's kind of the way yes. it would work uh, in, that is in coaching circles. Hey, let's come back. We've got social questions and, and one A GM opening is already filled in the National Football League, and it's in the AFC South. 
and it has a Patriots feel to it. We're back in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars fans, game day is back. And this year, we've teamed up with Jameson to add another win to your week with official Jaguars and Jameson branded collectible stadium cups. They're only available for a limited time in the Jacksonville metro area. So grab yours today for a smooth Jameson ginger and lime and cheer on the Jags with Jameson. Taste responsibly. Jameson Irish Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. 80 proof. Product of Ireland. Copyright 2020. Imported by John Jameson Import Company. New York, New York. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Ozer out this week. He'll be back with us very soon. And we've gone through the GM candidate list. We've gone through the head coach candidate list. Mr. Khan's comments. Oh, yeah, the quarterbacks. There's been a lot going on this week around the Jacksonville Jaguars. In the division, though, in the AFC South, the Houston Texans had a GM and coach opening. Nick Casario is the hire at GM. He is out of the New England Patriots. Uh, Jack Easterby was involved in the hiring process down there in Houston, formerly of the New England Patriots. Apparently the Corn Ferry search firm was involved, but uh, I'm not sure if Casario was on that list or not. Bucky, how about this hire in Houston? What do you make of it? Well, I mean, I think it's more of the same in Houston because Bill O'Brien came also out of that system. There were other guys that had been in that system that were part of the the, the Texans. And so I don't know how much it changes them. I, I think it's a little surprising that Nick wasn't on Corn Ferry's list, but he somehow not only ends up with the interview, but ends up with the job. <laughs> and so it's it's one of those things. And so now with the Texans, who is the coach? Is he going to bring in someone who also has ties to the Patriots? That would be Josh McDaniels or Brian Dayball. Um, and, and and so now I just wonder how much different is this program right. than it was under Bill O'Brien? Normally when teams change and change uh, the football czar or the head coach, they look to go a different direction. But the Houston Texans are kind of doing the same thing, and we'll see if it works out better for them. We'll see. It's a big hill to climb down in Houston. No draft picks. Um, They do have the quarterback who led the league in passing yardage this year, and that's about it. There's not a lot else happening down in Houston these days. Hey, let's get to social media questions. We haven't done that on this show. No. Until right now. It's fun, though. 
We, we put out the, we put them out this morning. Here's what we've come up with today from Ad Odari 11. Is it better formula to hire a head coach first and then decided a GM or vice versa? I know, Bucky, we've talked about this mm-hmm. uh, time and time again, but in general, what is your view? I mean, obviously, these guys have to work as partners, and so you can go either way. Like, if you hire the GM, the GM hires the coach. If you hire the head coach, like uh, we've seen Seattle do when they brought in Pete Carroll and he played a role in hiring John Snyder, it can work. I think the main thing, there has to be a partnership, and these guys have to see football uh, with the same vision. Because if you have guys who are thinking about the game playing out differently, it just makes it hard, and you have to have agreement on players and style and all those things and so it's just really really important that when you hire one and you bring on the other that those guys are attached at the hip and they're in lockstep in terms of how they do the team ego always gets involved it feels like you know everybody wants credit when things go well and when it doesn't go well they don't want to take credit for it you know that's how it works and oh the other guy did this not that not me it wasn't me it was that Mm -hmm. guy pointing fingers but uh, that that cannot be the case no, it can't be the case. And I think that's why Shaq Khan put out this statement yeah. when he said that he is ultimately the decision maker and that both roles report to him. And because you're trying to eliminate some of that tattletale stuff that can go on in the office where you have the general manager walking up to the ownership and talking about, well, the coaches aren't doing this. And the coach walking up to ownership and saying the general manager is not giving me any players. I can't do what I want to do because I don't have the personnel. You want to eliminate that. These guys really have to be aligned and they have to be on the same page when it comes to building the team, acquiring the players that are necessary to make this vision come to life. Uh, and guess what? If they lose, then they'll all get whacked anyway. So that's, yes. how, that's, how it'll work. <laughs> that's how it works in the NFL, unfortunately. Let's go to our next question from at BKELN Hoffer. I'm not sure how to say that, but take your guess, Bucky. Yeah. Um, should they let Cam Robinson go? Mm, left tackle. Man. I don't know if it's necessarily a black or white answer. I think you have to hold a line in terms of what you're willing to pay Cam Robinson before you you let him go. We talked about the two picks that we'll have in the first round. where That can be the first one, obviously, is number one, but somewhere in the bottom teens where we can have that second one, where there are plenty of offensive tackles in this draft. And so if it gets a little pricey to retain Cam Robinson, you can let him go, bring somebody else in, and plug and play, and let's go. How about franchise tagging? What's the number on that? This year, I don't even know. Man, I don't know what that number would be, but I think it would be kind of pricey. Maybe I think probably like twelve or so. Many. I haven't seen the new numbers in the cap. Yeah, sometimes changes it. But if you want to keep him on a one-year deal and just kind of wait and see, I don't know if he has played at a level where you are willing to dump a whole lot into him because I don't know if you know exactly what you're getting. The franchise tag may be the way to go. Our next question, I don't even think it's a question. Actually, there is a question in here from at Jacob Reinhardt, too. Can you guys do more shows in the offseason? So that's the question, and the answer is yes. Uh, also, JP, let's do what we got to do to get Bucky back for next season. Love and appreciate you guys doing the show. It was a great sense of normalcy this year. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's the night kind of words. Yeah, we're coming back. We're going to do more stuff with the Jags. We're going to make it happen because, look, we went through the rough times. JP, I, I got to see the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like right, like right now, right now, privately, I feel like I'm not a lucky charm. 15 straight L's on my resume. Like it, it takes a lot for me to get back over 500. So yeah, I'm, I need to be here for a while to make sure I get my record right. <laughs> You're in for the long haul. This is not a one and done 
for Bucky Brooks. Fortunately <laughs> for us, we're going to have him around all offseason doing different things. We're in the process of working that out right now. Uh, one final question, uh, and it has to do with football, from at Jordan Stansel. And it's about the head coaching opening, and it's a name that we didn't mm. see on the list. Thoughts on Joe Brady as potential head coach of the Jaguars. This is, speaking of uh, rising stars in the profession, Joe Brady is uh, moving up as quickly as you can imagine. You know, JP, it, not a surprise that he, he's rising. I, I think it's probably a meteoric rise for someone who went from being a quality control guy for the New Orleans Saints to being not even really the coordinator at LSU, the passing game guy, to being a one-year coordinator with the Panthers, to now he's on the circuit interviewing for head jobs. Here's what I will say about Joe Brady. He's young, he's dynamic, he's creative. He does a really good job of making the game easy. He did, particularly for Joe Burrow. Um, And so he has some experience, but man, you have to surround him with so many veteran coaches so that he can kind of grow into that role of being a head coach. The reason why he's attractive, though, is if you have the play caller as your head coach, you're not going to lose him when the offense succeeds. It ensures a level of continuity when it comes down to the head coach, coordinator, and the quarterback, which is why you see some of these young guys, these young quarterback gurus get jobs like we've seen him, Zach Taylor, Sean McVay, because you don't lose them when they get the offense is successful. All about the offense. Got to score points in the NFL. There you have it. Social questions are in, and that'll do it for our regularly, regularly scheduled Wednesday Jaguars happy hours for the 2020 season, now into 2021. And, Bucky, we're in the process of working on some offseason plans for shows and podcasts, and uh, we're glad to have you as a part of that throughout the offseason. And as you said just a moment ago, Oh, the, the, the pot of gold's coming soon. Stick around. Yes. This is going to be a fun few months. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm really excited. I'm glad to be back uh, with Duval and the Jaguars and all that stuff. And I'm looking forward to the offseason because, man, all eyes are going to be on the Jaguars because we have an opportunity to reinvent the franchise, bring in some good players, and talk about it all over again. We'll do it again soon, Bucky. Appreciate you all season long, man. All right, man. Be good, JP. Bucky Brooks out of here. NFL Network analyst. Our thanks to Brent Reber, Trent Padilla, and our entire Jaguars.com crew. For Bucky, I'm JP Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.